Hey, it's your girl Ashley Easton, founder of the Amateur Expert brand, and you're not going to believe what we have coming up for you next. Ooh, tell me more. Woohoo! Hello, 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 everybody. We are now filming episode seven of the Amateur Expert Show, and today I'm interviewing my dear friend. Serena and I'm going to request to go live with her at Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Ash? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Wow, I can't believe I made it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to have you today on the show. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Serena, my darling friend, um, I have known you since a long time, mm-hmm. like elementary school-ish, but for sure, for sure, high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so let's let's get started. So why don't you introduce yourself to the folks and um, tell them who you are and then sort of what you do for work and what that means, what that look, what that looks like. Okay, so I'm Serena Silva. Um, I currently reside right outside of Boston, a town called Milton, Mass. And um, right now I am a clinical research monitor for Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Yeah, so um, Dana-Farber is one of those pretty well-known cancer research institutes, a research all kinds of different uh, parts of oncology, breast oncology, um, lung cancer, pediatric, you know, Jimmy Fund, that's yeah. Dana Farber. Mm-hmm. Oh. And um, as a research monitor, um, my responsibility is to monitor the clinical trials that they have going on at Dana-Farber. So I'm assigned to certain uh, certain trials throughout all the different departments to make sure that the clinical trials that they do um, are um, um, word, in compliance to like federal regulations and um, are like local regulations with what's called the IRB, okay. the, uh, yeah, our like review board to make sure basically that people that decide to go on these trials um, are properly consented, they know what they're getting into, they know that Got they it. could uh, choose not to go on the trial, like to leave, withdraw consent, make sure that the data um, that is collected is um, correct, <laughs> uh, that, you know, uh, that we have integrity with our research. Maybe I should back up because the trials, the reason that they have the clinical trials is because, um, you know, um, say, for instance, somebody uh, is diagnosed with breast cancer and um, they go through, they get certain tests done and they find out they have a specific kind of breast cancer. So they go on maybe a chemotherapy or hormone therapy, yep. um, might get surgery to remove the cancer if, if, if that's um, um, something that's feasible. And then they're monitored for some time, you know, okay, let's go get some scans to see how you're doing. Um, but unfortunately, you know, people, a lot of people progress with breast cancer. And so they'll put them on a different regimen of therapy uh, to get rid of okay. the cancer. And then at 
a certain point, um, unfortunately, a lot of times the the um, routine types of therapy they exhaust it. Yes. So uh, the thing at Dana Farber is they have new uh, therapies that are, are in the trial phase. So okay. it's not really um, it's not it's not anything that is um, approved by the FDA to say okay this will cure you or this will right. help you. It's in the trial phase. They're still trying to figure out if it works or not. So for a lot of people who maybe have had metastatic cancer, so the cancer has spread from their breast to like their lungs or their brain, there are a lot of trials out, th out there that um, those people are eligible for and it could help. So right. um, so that's what, I, what I'm talking about, the clinical trials monitors. Yeah, that's what that's basically what I do. I make sure that the data and the regulatory uh, information is is spot on because you know we can get audited at any time by the FDA. And we just want to make sure that all our eyes are dotted and T's are crossed. Yeah, so very nice. So when you were um, a child, when you were you know a, a young girl, what did mm -hmm. you think that you wanted to be when you grew up? When I was a really young girl, I um, my father had diabetes. Growing when I uh, pretty much all my life, up until he passed away, and um, I wanted to research medicine to eradicate diabetes. That was my dream when I was a little girl. Yeah, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to research medicine. Uh huh. And um, but then um, as I got a little older. I became a little less interested in that and kind of interested in um, dental medicine. Becoming okay. uh, a dentist, I had to get a few cavities taken care of. And I remember going into the jazz playing and relaxing. And the dentist, he took such good care of me. And I was like, I could see myself doing this. So, yeah, it, things kind of changed, you know. Um, and then when I went when I went to college, that's that's where I wanted to study. We left off with you um, saying that you thought that you might be interested in being a dentist mm -hmm. um, because of the smooth jazz and uh, how they took care of you there. <laughs> right, and I I could totally see myself doing that. I I consider myself pretty like mm, measured calm person could probably make somebody feel comfortable if they're uncomfortable going to the dentist and I was interested in you know science so it seemed like uh it could be a good fit for me so yeah when I went into college um that would you know in a way was part of my end goal my plan um okay. yeah but um and so what was your idea of success when you were thinking along the lines of becoming a dentist? Well, um, I thought success was just me getting it done, being just being a dentist, having a, a practice um, either in Connecticut and also but also I wanted to like be a dentist over back in Cape Verde. I saw That's myself cool. like having yeah, a nice practice there to um, you know, help out because I 
you know, as I got older and I started learning more about um, um, healthcare in Cape Verde and how in some of the more uh, remote islands, uh, they, they don't have like a dentist on demand. You know, some dentists come you know every month and you gotta go get to see them. And, you know, they'll come from some foreign country uh, or um, and. Um, or they'd have to travel far to the capital. Sometimes people, you know, depending on where they are in Cape Verde, and not everybody had money for that. So, in my mind, my I, my idea of success was being helpful in that way. My idea of success was whatever I did, uh, as, like being helpful as a dentist. That that was my idea. Yeah. So you went throughout college. Um, go Huskies. Um, <laughs> on the plan of becoming a dentist. Mm -hmm. So was there a dentistry program or were you bio or what, what, that, what did that look like? That looked like when I, so after I graduated from Laurelton Hall. Woohoo, Laurelton ladies. Yeah. <laughs> the guidance counselor there told me to um, apply with an, uh, with, as an English major. Cause I scored very, very well in my the English portion or the essay portion of the SAT. Okay. Uh, uh, she didn't feel like my science background was that strong. Okay. Uh, so she was like going as English. You know, I you know I used to write poetry. Yeah, so, you were. Snaps. Yeah, I was like into it. So right. So you know, at at uh, Laurelton, they really pushed me with the English thing, but I knew I didn't want to be. Uh, like a professional writer or anything like that. So when I got into UConn, I was like, I'm just going to switch to biology. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then um, I was introduced to Dr. Washington and Dr. Agassin, who, okay. who were um, faculty of the uh, molecular and cell biology department. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Agassin, I believe more so microbiology. I could be wrong, but, um, and they had a summer research program that I participated in uh, the summer after freshman year. And okay. I was able to get experience doing like molecular cell bio research and see what it was like being in the lab. And that really appealed to me. So um, it was like a really great experience. And I decided instead of majoring in biology to do molecular cell biology. Like, continue with that all throughout my time there but with the idea of eventually um applying to dental schools but uh, and i think you remember because i like crashed at your place i think freshman year of <laughs> <laughs> uh, the summertime when i was doing the research program that's yep. what i was doing. i remember that yeah you remember we used to play poker and it was fun so it was fun <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, I don't know, Ash, things just changed. Um, I learned a lot about myself and um, the, the way I tackle goals and the way that I handle stressful, tragic, hard hardships, like those kind of situations. Because mm -hmm. um, sophomore year, as I know you remember, my father passed away. Mm -hmm. I gotta say that just um, really threw me off kilter. I didn't 
it was very difficult for me to kind of just bounce back from that. And I gotta say, even though uh, the dentistry, and I know that like, I finished up, like I did well, I make my dad proud. I knew he was proud of me, like endeavoring to do that. Um, I don't know, actually just didn't respond in the best way. My grades definitely suffered. And by the end of college, by the end of uh, my super senior year, um, I just, I lost confidence in myself. And I knew that mm -hmm. we were not uh, competitive enough to, for me to, uh, or I felt that way, that they were not competitive enough for me to apply to dental school. And so uh, after I graduated, um, I just ended up moving down to Charlotte, North Carolina, to be with my mom. My mom and my sisters had moved down there several months before I graduated. So um, I was like, you know, I'll just kind of take a knee, figure it out, and uh, I'll, I know I'll get back to it at some point. But, um, you know, as life would have it, your goals... You know, just things just don't kind of fall in the way that you want them to all the time or that you right. think that you want. Right. And uh, success for me has changed, or my vision of success has changed slightly, I, I say, because, um, and I've had to come to, I know you didn't ask all this, but just to say, no, I, I, I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> over time, I just had to come to, uh, Accept, accept um, that it's okay, you know. It is, and that, and and yeah, and that uh, I can contribute to society in a way that is beneficial to others, but also um, rewarding to myself. And it doesn't have to look like being a doctor or being a dentist or sure. one thing you know because um i'm very happy with what i do now you know? and that's what i was gonna say so how did you how did you get from um how did you gain your confidence back because you were um like you said you weren't sure what really where you were gonna go so how did you find this place of where you're happy well, I'd say that uh, a lot of it had to do with um, me just kind of like putting myself out there and just seeing what stuck. And a lot of it's just very serendipitous, you know, that played a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, and it's cool. So after after I went down to Charlotte, I started working in um, a pathology lab um, at at the time. It's called Presbyterian Hospital. Now, it was owned by Novant Health. It's this big health corporation down down south. And so I was working there for uh, a little over two and a half years, I think. And then that was nice. I learned a lot about pathology and atomic pathology. Ash, and that lab, basically when, say for instance, somebody would get like their gallbladder taken out and that patient never sees their gallbladder again, unless I guess they were, but that, gallbladder would go to the pathology lab and they would take the gallbladder cut it open if there's stones they take out the stones they measure it they 
they send it for like tissue testing, processing, and but gallbladder probably the most like <laughs> innocent thing we would get. We get <laughs> we get breasts, we get legs, we get really everything that can come out of the human body. Even things. But that... you were super excited about it. <laughs> I thought <laughs> a lot about what can come out of our bodies. <laughs> But I also learned a lot about, um, I learned a lot about um, histology and tissue and the, the things that I learned in school about like s cells and tissue. Um, I was able to see kind of like in a practical way instead of learning about theory. Okay, wow. This is what it looks like under the microscope when, you know, somebody has herpes or, or you know, cancer or whatever. So... It was that was very 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 rewarding. At some point though, I kind of like I would say I topped out of what I was going to learn in that particular position. Mm -hmm. So I ended up um, leaving there and going to Cape Verde to work um, in a laboratory in one of the medical centers there. Which is cool because it's you wanted to go back as a dentist but you still went back and you were able to um fulfill you know not that same dream and or goal but a portion of it absolutely absolutely i was able to kind of contribute in another way because at the health center in the island of mayu where my grandfather's family is from well, a portion of that his family's from there um we, we did health fairs we did um um, HIV AIDS screening for the population there. Um, oh, wow. we, mm -hmm, like a career career fairs for like the young students that are interested in medicine. And you know, there a lot of it was like, okay, you complete your high school course here and all these programs overseas, where you want to go, if you want to go like be a doctor and everything. That's, it was pretty interesting. Uh, the the pipeline for uh, right. over there, so. But it was it was great. I learned a lot about um, the culture, uh, where my my family's from, and that was a very rewarding. Some of the like one of the best times of my life. You know? that's amazing, um, and I'm sure yeah. that helped you gain gain some, if not all, of your confidence back. Right, and and kind of helped me from. Uh, uh, I would say so, Ashley. Yeah, because I was a little disillusioned and kind of you know feeling like man, all that. And that money at UConn, and um, I'm not doing what I thought I could do. I made bad decisions, you know. But you really can't beat yourself up over that kind of yeah. stuff, I have to say, because you know everything, everything, everything happens for a reason, and you learn from from all your past decisions if you if you want to, you know. Right. Um, it's something I've learned so far is not to be afraid to fail. And that was the thing that was like holding me back for such a long time. Just being afraid to try because you thought you were going to fail. It's, that is so paralyzing. And it, and it is. Yeah. And I, now I have my daughter and I just, <laughs> I never want her to be afraid to do anything. In fact, when she says to me sometimes, mommy, I can't like, I'll say, I don't know, she's trying to put on one of her sneakers and she hasn't loosened the string. So she's like, I can't do it. I can't. I'm like, what? You what? I'm like, no. <laughs> Ever say you can't. And I say, if you need help, ask for right. help. But never, ever say that you can't. 
because you that's you amazing yeah you're so. an awesome mom for teaching her that oh thank you yeah i try so what are some well you sort of already have dropped the tips and motivators um that you've learned along the way um um, is there anything that you wish, anything else you wish you knew bef when you first uh, started your career? Hmm. Anything else I wish I knew? No, I feel that like you, everything... That you know now or that you're still sort of like working through? I would say, um, I would, ooh, there's so much. The biggest things I would say, um, just to believe in yourself because like, Believe, believe in yourself in that, uh, what's, what do they call that? That imposter syndrome is very real. Yes. In a way, kind of how I said before about being afraid to do something, being afraid, uh, it could, it could really, um, paralyze you. The imposter syndrome is, is kind of insidious in that way too. In, um, like right now, I'm working up in Boston and it's a certain demographic up here that, um, you know, I can kind of feel sometimes a little isolated alone, but I let, I let my work speak for me. Absolutely. And, yeah. And I've learned to, what I know that I deserve, I, I demand it now, you know, and before yes. I kind of like let time go by, oh, you know, I'll just put my head down and work hard and they'll eventually recognize, uh -uh, no, nope. Because <laughs> if my mom always told me the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So, um, be a little more squeaky, because <laughs> yes. you know if you if you if you've done the work, you've done your best. Like, don't be afraid to to ask for that recognition or Absolutely. demand. You know what I mean, um, that's that's something. And no matter what, like, if you are someplace you've gotten a great job, and maybe somewhere where people are not looking like you. Use that as your superpower and don't let it be something that uh, burdens you. You know, let it be something that, you know, like, okay, the, what, ma what makes me different makes me stronger. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's so um, it's interesting that you say that because I, th I think that, or I, I would have thought um, that coming from Laurelton, uh, being a super minuscule part mm -hmm. of the population there. Although it was all girls school, you know, there weren't many people of color there. Mm -hmm. um, so I would have thought that you would have sort of had that under your belt um, mm -hmm. in situations like work um, to make you feel more empowered, but maybe being at Laurelton, did, how, did, how do you equate your experience to Laurelton to um, life in college or in the workplace? The, the difference between Laurelton and even Yukon uh, and my, and the workplace is that at Laurelton, I had you and our other friends from like New Haven um, that oh. looked like, and um, when I was, when I was in those spaces of, say I was in class and I was the only black person in class, I knew come lunchtime, I'm going to be with my girls again, <laughs> you know, I could always kind of you guys, you know, fall back into your familiar embrace <laughs> while yes. at work. Not only is it that I'm um, 
away from a lot that look like me. Um, I'm, you know, at, at where I am now at Dana Farber, I shouldn't say like I'm competing, but it is like I'm competing with More other people. More competitive. Yeah, yeah, this is my job, and I have to work with you working on a project together. It's like different than being my colleague at in high school or in college. Some of these people don't really want to hear direction from me. Even if they don't think that way, it's a lot of them have, you know, like a, um, what do they call that? Like a internal bias that they're, they oh, might yeah. not even be aware of. So, it, you know, it's, it's navigating that. But I mean, overall, I'm not like miserable or anything. I've, through, through life, just getting grown, you just learn how to politic, well, learn how to maneuver the politics without completely, like, playing the game, so to speak. Um, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> no, it I, try, does. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just put it like this. For instance, today, it just what happened today, I was going through some, uh, doing a review, and I noticed that a patient of color, it it might be that a patient of color had a different experience with getting their data collected than the other patients that were not of color. I'm not saying that that is the case, but for me, as a black woman, I'm looking. My I'm perspective looking for is different. As well. My perspective is different. So I am there, and I'm going to ask those questions like, hey, did you guys check this patient just like you checked all the other patients? You know, I'm just, right. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not saying, you, you know, one way or the other, but let's make sure that everybody's getting their data collected in a consistent and fair manner, you know, because it's going in the report. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. I think the good thing about that, too, just for your company and something that maybe can make you feel empowered is that you do have a different perspective that no one else has or not many people have who are uh, in your job. So you bring something totally different that they can never see or um, feel. Mm -hmm. So sort of keep that in your pocket when you're feeling like these people suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you know, sometimes it's it's kind of like, oh, I mean, why does the burden always have to fall on us to correct people or educate? But, hey, it is what it is. Somebody has to do it. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you've answered the majority of my questions. Um, this has been a great conversation. Um, what does success look like to you now? You know, I think my... Success to me is not that different from uh, what it meant to me before, but it's definitely uh, not as limited because mm -hmm. to me, success is still being helpful to people, just not in the limited scope of doing it in, as a dentist, you know? Right. Like, uh, it is so much broader, and especially now that I have my daughter success to me is so now wrapped up in her and <laughs> in, 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 um, successfully preparing her for Absolutely. a life where she doesn't have the same um, insecurities 
and fears that I've had, mm-hmm. you know. So that that is success to me, being helpful to my community and being a a a good example to her and preparing her for this crazy world, girl. Yeah, that is beautiful. And yes, <laughs> this world is crazy, but she does have uh, a fearless leader. So she's going to be uh, well equipped, and I mm-hmm. am excited that I get to see bits and pieces of her uh, growing up. Oh, um, <laughs> my last question um, is um, a request. Can you please share with me a random tidbit of information, um, something that could be a Snapple fact or, uh, hey, did you know that? I don't know. Oh, snap. That's what you meant by tidbit of information. I mean, it could be a life lesson. It could be, you know, um, the... So I read a Snapple fact yesterday Mm -hmm. that said that Four Corners, Arizona, is the only place in the United States where you can stand in one spot but be in four different states. Oh, okay. Right? So just random. Oh. Like, why Why do you know that? I don't know, but now you know that. But now I know. Can you share something with me sort of in the same breath? Oh, okay. Sure. Did you know, I just actually heard this the other day when the kids had um, Disney Channel on, that um, a avocado is part of the berry family, and so is a banana. Yeah. I didn't know that. Did, well, you know. I did know that, but that's okay. That's a, <laughs> that's a fact that the that the viewers may not have known. So it was okay. good. Bananas are crazy, and mm-hmm. strawberries are not. They're not. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry to be the person to break it to you. <laughs> that's okay. They're good though. So they are good. Um, <laughs> Well, again, I want to thank you for being on. You were very vulnerable and shared a lot of your story with us, as well as some awesome and fabulous um, information. And um, I think that as you continue your journey of helping people, that through this interview, you have helped uh, people. And that's my quest uh, in doing this. So thank you for being a part of this. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Ash. Thank you so much for doing this. And you you keep it up because uh, this is very helpful. For one thing, it's cathartic to me and I'm sure <laughs> the people that you've interviewed. And uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. People need to hear that success is not just like one way. You zigzag and you loop-de-loop and, and that's okay. It's okay. For sure. So, yeah. God bless you, sis. You as well. Talk to you okay. soon. Love you. All right. Love you too. Bye-bye. Bye.